few weeks ago, we kicked off this series called A Better Way. And what we do is uh, at least once a year, we set aside five weeks to go deep on what we call our core values. Uh, these are the things that are important to us. These are the foundational principles of who the Bridge Fellowship is. And you could look at these things as the hills that we're willing to die on. Another way to look at core values as an organization or as an individual is your core values are the things that are the most important to you. They are the most important things in your life. And so we feel like if, 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 if these things are important enough to have, then they're important enough to stop down on a regular basis and, and, and talk about what, what do they really mean? What do they mean to us as a church family? And what do they mean to me as an individual? And so uh, the last few weeks we've been unpacking some of those. And uh, uh, the reason that we are calling this series A Better Way is because we believe this. We believe that when Jesus came, lived a perfect life on the earth, died on the cross, rose again, he didn't just do that to give you fire insurance so that you didn't have to go to hell. And we're glad that he did that. We're glad that he made it possible for us to spend eternity in heaven and not in hell or separated from God or those that we love. We're glad he did that, but he did it for so much more than that. And, and people, I think, sometimes have this bad habit of thinking, you know what, here on earth, my job is just to survive. Just get through, and then one day I'll get to go to heaven and everything will be okay. And I don't believe that Scripture teaches that. I believe that Jesus, when he said the kingdom of God is near, he meant right now, eternity begins. You're forever. Your, your eternal life of God begins the moment that you hand over the keys to him and give your life to Jesus Christ and let him have control of your life. The good life starts now. And so he died not just to give us eternity in heaven, but to give us a better way of living right now. Uh, in 2017. So, so we've unpacked a few of these. Uh, we, we started with biblical authority, uh, where we talked about, uh, uh, you know, the, building our house on a solid foundation versus a, 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 a faulty foundation. And, and then uh, uh, the next week I talked about intentional outreach, how we're, we're, we never were designed to stay inside these four walls. And that you, where you work, where you go to school, the neighborhood you live in, the neighbors you have, where you work out at the gym, the sports teams your, your kids play on, none of that is by accident. It's all designed to give you an opportunity to say something to someone about the hope that you have in your life. If nothing else, just invest in their lives, show them that you genuinely care, and then invite them here, and I'll have the difficult, awkward conversation with them about Jesus. And, and so then last week, and I'm so proud of Brandon, I know so, so many of you guys emailed and texted Brandon last night, uh, last week, uh, uh, unpacked authentic relationships and told a little bit about what he's walked through this past year. And uh, and I know you're just as proud of him as I, I I am. And so, B, thank you for for standing in last week. So so uh, so we're going to continue this week. But I want to stop and do another commercial. And the reason I wanted to do it inside my message is I didn't want it to get lost in the other announcements. Um, so this week we're talking about better way. Next week we'll wrap it up. We'll close it out with our final core value. And then two weeks from today, we are going to uh, September 24th. We're going to kick off a brand new series called Bulletproof. And this is a, a series about biblical manhood. And, and the reason I want to stop and talk about it for a minute is this: 
I have never as a pastor and, and in the 16 plus months that we've been uh, in operation as a church, we have never intentionally stopped and done a series on biblical manhood. And I want to just tell you a couple of things. First of all, men, look at me, okay? Please don't check out on me. Please, if, if you're going to pick four weeks to be here in a row, this is the four weeks that you ought to be here. It's going to encourage you. This is not going to be a beat the crap out of you series, okay? Which churches are bad about doing with our men sometimes. This is going to be encouraging for you. I think it's going to be an aha moment for some of our men. Uh, so please don't miss it, men. Ladies, here's my message to you. Please don't check out, okay? Because every, every, every uh, thing we're going to talk about in this Bulletproof series can apply to you too. But here's the real thing, okay? Uh, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that scripture teaches that men ought to be the spiritual leaders in their families and their home okay and so uh ladies who have men in their lives whether you're dating someone whether you're looking for someone to date whether you're married for a short amount of time or married forever you ought to be the most grateful people that we're doing this series right because hopefully you're going to get a better man out of this and and that's what what we hope including starting with with this one so two weeks from today september 24th please don't miss that all right so our fourth core value that we're going to dive in today is called gifted service and 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 this this the reason this value is so important right uh is that if it wasn't for a group of people, a lot of people, dozens of people who are already committed to using their gifts to serve the local church, you wouldn't be sitting here this morning because we wouldn't have a church to sit in. There wouldn't be pipe and drape. There wouldn't be a stage. There wouldn't be somebody to take care of your kids. There wouldn't be tech crew back there to run all this stuff. All of this happens only because there are a group of people that are relentlessly committed to serving others through what God has given them. That's why this core value is so important. And, and listen, churches don't have endowments, at least not this church. If you want to create one for this church, come see me afterwards. I'll be glad to have that conversation with you. But, but most churches don't have endowments. We rely on the giving and the service of, of volunteers, members who believe in the vision that we've set forth. And if you don't do that, the Bridge Fellowship doesn't exist. That's why this core value is so critical. And, and we define gifted service this way. Look at this on the screen. Gifted service is believers using their God-given shape, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes, together toward a common goal of helping people bump into Jesus. Believers using their God-given shape toward, uh, together toward a common goal of helping people bump into Jesus. That right there is the end goal every time we open these doors on a Sunday morning, every time you go to a life group. And by the way, if you're looking for somewhere to get plugged in, if you're new and you're wondering how do I get to know people, right over here at the Get Connected table, there are, um, there's a sheet that shows you all the life groups that we have. They're up and running. Got over 130 people involved in life groups this fall that we're really excited about. But, but that is the end goal, is helping other people meet Jesus. Everything we do is focused on that goal. But the, the issue here is, is that it takes 
volunteers and people committed to using their gifts and talents and resources to make that happen, right? Uh, another example to give you is, you know, and, and we'll get more into this in a second, but when you think about giving the things that you have, your, your time, your money, your, your talents, all that kind of stuff, you, we, we can't operate this thing without those things. Like maybe something that goes uh, unnoticed sometimes is that um, we have to pay rent for this school. And like they didn't come to us and go, you know, our church, our, our school's empty on Sunday morning and we just want to be nice to you. And they are. Our school loves us very well. But last time I checked, they're probably not going to let us do this for free, right? And so that's why it's so important for people to buy into this common vision that we talk about all the time that the Bridge Fellowship is here to share the life-changing love of Jesus Christ with lost and hurting people. That's the whole reason we do this. That's why we're having this talk today is so that we'll get better about helping people bump in to and meet Jesus. Okay, so the best way for us to have this talk this morning is to go back to that mountainside 2,000 years ago that we've been talking about during this series, Jesus on a Mountainside. It's the most famous sermon ever preached called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and let Jesus put this uh, gifted service idea into his own words. Now, here's the disclaimer for this morning. For some of you, this morning's going to be an aha moment. I think it could be life-changing for some of you because somewhere along the way you've gotten the idea in your head that church and Christianity is a spectator sport and you come in and punch your clock and sit there and let someone speak to you and then you pat yourself on the back and go about your week and go, there God, I was there, don't forget, right? And, and, and that's not how this is designed. So for some of you, I really believe that this is going to be an aha moment where you get up out of the chair, get involved, and go, I have something to offer. And then there are other people, and here's the big disclaimer, that you're not going to like some of the things I have to say today. It's going to rub you the wrong way because it's going to step on uh, your toes a little bit in some certain areas. And, and I'll just say this, like, I didn't get into this job to worry whether or not you're mad at me when I teach God's word. Um, if you're mad, you got to email him. Like this is, these are his words and, and this is his idea and, and this is between you and him. I'm just the messenger. So here we go. Ready? Matthew chapter six. We're going to start in verse 19. Many of you, if you spent time in church growing up or whatever, these, these words will be pretty familiar to you. These are Jesus words. And this is what he says. Not that. Uh, don't, don't, don't store, uh, he might say that, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, Matthew chapter 6, ADD, pray. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. Key word here is treasures. Don't store up treasures here on earth and where thieves break in and steal. Store your, your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves cannot break in and steal. And here's the money shot right here, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Now, before we go any further this morning, I think it's important for us to define the word treasure, because if we don't, a bunch of you are going to assume that this is all about your money, and you're going to turn me off and tune me out, okay? And I don't want you to do that. So here's the best way that we can define what Jesus means by treasure in Matthew chapter 6, and it goes like this. Treasure is anything that is important to you. Anything. 
Your treasure, when Jesus is, and and listen, he's including money in this conversation, and we're not going to shy away from that, because the last time I checked, my money and your money doesn't belong to us. It never did, right? It's his, and he's definitely including that in the conversation, but it's not just a money conversation. It's anything in your life that's important to you, that's what he's referring to as treasure. And so before we unpack that in detail, according to Matthew chapter 6, let's, have, let's agree on a few things here this morning, okay? First of all, here's the deal. I know that every single person in this room today is busy. Uh, we're all busy. We're, we're busier than we've ever been in the history of the Western world, which blows my mind because we have all these uh, technological advances that should make us have hours and hours of time a day to do nothing but relax and do the things we want to, but now we're busier than we've ever been. Like, one of the shows that I used to watch when I was a kid was Little House on the Prairie. Anybody go Little House on the Prairie, Paul Ingalls, right? Uh, like, like, they had no technological advances back then, right? They had to walk out the front door to go to the bathroom, right? They had to go outside their house to go to the bathroom, but it seems like if I catch a, a, an episode of that now and then, they had so much time on their hands. And here we have our smartphones and microwaves and, and cars and all this. We, we should have all this time, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. We don't. I don't know how that happened, but we are busy people. Everyone in this room today has a list of things that we have to do every day. Some of our lists are long, some of them are short, but every day we get up and we say something like this. These are the things that I need to do before I go to bed tonight. Every one of us has a list like that, right? Everybody agree with that, right? Okay, good. Good, you agree with something today, okay? I can't promise anything else, but that one we're good. Don't forget that, okay? Now, here's the secret to all of our lists, okay? The list that all of us have, even though yours looks different than mine, the secret to all of our lists every day is deciding what's most important. Learning to prioritize the things that we have to do so that we make sure the most important things get done. So I want to I throw a couple of things up on the screen here today that I, think that, that I think could be an aha moment for some of us. First of all, let's agree on this this morning. All things are important. Everything that you put on your list would, is, would not be important or else it wouldn't be on the list, right? It, it's got to be important to you or you wouldn't have it on the got to do this today list, okay? So all things are important, but, but look at this. All things are not equally important, right? And, and, and that's where it starts to rub us the wrong way because some of us literally kill ourselves to an early grave trying to get all of it done when in reality what we ought to do to honor God in this life that he's given us before now, between now and our funeral is we got to decide, hey, not all of these things are equally important. In fact, here's the last thing. Some things are more important than other things. And, and listen, I'm not here to, to shove this in your face today and say, listen, this is what should be important to you. This is what should be. I'm not, I'm not trying to make your whole, whole list. I'm just trying to say, hey, we ought to examine what should be at the top of the list, right? So, so I want to break it down into three areas because all of us in this room uh, would agree, I know we would, this is another thing we're going to agree on, is that these three things fall under important things, categories in our lives. Money, 
time, and talent. And here's another thing I think we'll agree on today, is that all of us have a limited amount of all three of those things. We have, all of us have a limited amount of money in our lives. Is that right? Like we can all, if, if you don't, like if you have unlimited amounts of money, we definitely need to talk because we have things that we want to do to help people and, and help people meet Jesus. And if you have an unlimited uh, amount of money, then you could probably help us greatly in that way. But, but the reality is all of us, limited amounts, right? How about time? Nobody has endless amounts of time. In fact, if you're anything like me, when you think about the list that we just talked about, most days this guy lays his head down on the bed at night and the list is not done, right? So we just don't have unlimited amounts of time. And then uh, don't get your feelings hurt on this, but yes, you have limited amounts of talent. All of you do, okay? And, and me, that's why I stand here and, and talk because I have a talent of talking and I'm not playing instruments or singing. And you should thank Jesus that I don't try to do that because I am the pastor and I could make it a rule that the pastor gets to sing on Sunday morning, but that would be terrible and none of you would ever come back if I did that, right? And so, so I'm using that as an example to remind you that just like I have limited amounts of talent, so do you. But the fact that we're saying in this room today that you have limited amounts of talent, it indicates you have some talent. Some of you have talents you didn't even know you had. Because we make the mistake sometimes of defining talent as something, you know, glamorous, right? Or, or something that, that, that people look at and go, man, I wish I could do that. And it's so much more than that. Let me give an example. I'm going to use my wife as an example, and, and she hates this, but she has no choice. But, but you guys will agree with this today. Also, the people that have met her, my wife has an incredible talent for making people feel welcome and special. Like, she just has that real, right? She just has that. And one of the reasons that God, I think, gave her a really large amount of that talent is he knew who she was going to marry and I don't have that talent right and so she God needed to balance us out a little bit and so so that's a talent like it's not just playing drums or making money or turning knobs back there like there are talents that God's given you that that you're sitting and holding in right now and you're not using listen to me that could make an eternal difference in someone else's life we just got to unlock that in your life and go, oh, I can do that? Like, that counts? It counts. Like, smiling. If you can smile good, that counts. And you're like, wow, they really have a low bar here at the Bridge Fellowship. And, and we do. We really do. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, okay? So, so now that we have a, a better understanding of the word treasure and, and all these important things and all that, I want to go back and read the passage again. So we've talked about this, we've defined it again, now I want to see how it settles in our hearts as we read it again. So again, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, the Bible says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, things that are important to you, money, time, talent, etc., there the desires of your heart will be also. Right? 
So here's what Jesus is ultimately saying, and this is one of the parts that some of you aren't going to like today, okay? Look at this on the screen. Don't give your time, money, and talent to temporary things that won't last. Instead, a better way, Jesus says, is give those things to things that really matter eternally. Like, give your money, time, and talent. Like, I tell people all the time, uh, and, and when I was a young pastor, I used to be really uncomfortable talking to people about their money. And, and, and when I really realized that it was, it's not your money in the first place, I got a lot more comfortable having this conversation right here. And here it is, right? The number one way to invest your money, time, and talent, any of those things that are important to you, is for the eternal purpose of the local church. Like the church, and I'm not just talking about the Bridge Fellowship because you've heard me say this, and, and I mean it. Like if, if the Bridge Fellowship is not the church for you, we're okay with that. We'll be sad to see you go. We just want you to attach to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church that's making an eternal impact in people's lives. That's all we want. And so you decide what's best. I think it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. We just happen to have this vision and this uh, philosophy here at the bridge. And if that works for you, great. Then invest those things here because we're making an eternal difference. Now, time out before some of you start pouting. And, and I've already seen a couple of people walk out and I'm hoping they just had indigestion. But if they didn't, again, this is God's message, not mine. Okay, so here's the deal. Okay, listen. On everything that we just said, your time, money, talent, give it to things that are, that are eternal. What I'm not saying this morning is that if you give some of your money to go to a gym membership, then shame on you because there are people in this world that could use that gym membership money and we could get them to have it. I'm not that guy, okay? And I'm not saying that today. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use your money, save up your money and go on a great vacation somewhere, right? Probably not Florida right now, but somewhere, right? Um, that's not bad. I'm not saying that. In fact, rest and recreation is biblical. Jesus made that up, right? So, so you ought to do those things. However, if we put the emphasis, if we arrange our list to where those things go on top and Jesus and the things of eternity get the leftovers, that's when it's broken, and the way Jesus taught it is give your first fruits, all the stuff, the, the front end of everything you have, more than money, time, talent, everything. Give the best you have to God and his church. Then the stuff that's left over, do whatever you want with it. That's what Jesus taught. And that's what I'm trying to teach us today is that this is how he designed it, right? And, and, and the reason I keep saying through the local church is, and, and again, not Steve's idea. I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. I wasn't in that meeting. But for some reason, Jesus said, I'm going to redeem this world through my church, through the local church, through these groups of believers who come together, make up a body of Christ, and they make a difference in their local community. That's why we follow an Acts 1-8 model where we start in our community, which is Northeast Colorado Springs. Then, with what we have left over, we start branching out and sending things to Texas or whatever. But our number one goals are the families that live in this area within 15-minute drive of where we're sitting today. That's our most important group of people that we're trying to help bump into Jesus. Does that make sense to everybody today? Good, good. Okay, so here's the 10,000. I'm glad you like that because I don't know if you're going to like this. Here's the 10,000 pound awkward question that I have to ask you today. How much of your treasure 
are you leveraging toward the things that Jesus really cares about? And, and, and that's, that's your, your conversation with you and, and Jesus. Not, that's none of my business. But it is my job as your pastor to ask the question. How much of your treasure, the things that are important to you, money, time, and talent, are you leveraging toward the things that Jesus really cares about? Now, before we go any further, I want to call a timeout, and I want to say this, because uh, sometimes when we do this core value series, it's easy for people to go, hey, enough with the vision of the organization stuff. My life is falling apart here. Okay, and I, I'm not even interested in greeting at a door right now or rocking a baby or working at the tech booth because I'm trying to save my marriage or I'm trying to figure out how to get out of this debt or I'm so depressed right now that to get out of bed is victory for me. And we, I get that. And, and we're not trying to say anything against that. And listen, I got the t-shirt of walking through season after season of depression over the last 15 years been there got that one okay and so I'm not judging anybody I just want you to know from experience okay from experience sometimes when you're fighting a storm like depression or debt or marital problems or something like that again I'm just talking about my experience the times that I have fought those battles I have learned that often the very best thing that I can do is get involved in something that's not about me. And yes, sometimes you have to make yourself do it. You just get involved. And you, and, and you know the old saying, how, what's one of the best ways to drown your own sorrows? In the sorrows of others. And so you, you want to you get a better outlook on your own situation? Then start giving your time to other people who are hurting just like you, maybe worse than you. And there's this something that happens, and again, I'm just telling you as a satisfied customer, there are days, and, and my wife can testify to this, where literally periods of days where I didn't get out of bed. But as I, as I came to that, I, I can't stay this way or I'm going to die moment, I realized i got to make myself get up out of here and go be with people and do something. And more often than not, when that something involves taking the focus off of me and putting it on someone else, it just seems to help. And I don't have a specific scripture passage to point to that says, yeah, what Steve said, do that, right? When you're depressed or when your marriage is falling apart, go volunteer. I'm just telling you that I think we don't just grow by sitting and listening to someone talk to us. We grow by doing and when we empty ourselves to help other people, in return, it helps us, right? So, here's the good news for some of you, okay? We're going to land the plane here, and, and for the rest of our time today, this last few minutes that we're together, we're going to absolutely turn our focus away from the money part, okay? No more money talk, okay? Everybody relax. Whew, good, okay? This last part that I want to share with you is all grounded in Scripture, but for the sake of transparency, again, I want you to know there's not one specific scripture that says, hey, do this, what we're about to talk about, okay? Then again, here's what I believe. I believe there's a lot of things in life that God leaves to common sense for us, and he didn't, like, write a specific verse, like, you know, do this, 819, right? Like, the, he, he didn't 
there are things that he expects us to do in this world that he didn't write specific scriptures about. Let me give an example. Help older ladies across the street, right? I, that verse isn't in the Bible, but you should do it probably, right? That, that just makes sense, right? Open doors for people when they're coming. It just seems like the right thing to do, to not let the door slam behind you and make someone else open it, okay? The Bible doesn't have a verse that specifically says, don't ram your car into other people on the highway when they make you mad. Like, the Bible doesn't say, but it just common sense goes, don't do that, right? It just makes sense that we shouldn't do that. It doesn't even have a specific verse that says, if a hurricane hits another part of your country, gather supplies and take up a special offering and send it to them. It doesn't say that. But it makes sense that that's the right thing to do, right? So this, this last few minutes, we're going to talk about this God-given shape. Remember at the very beginning we said that, that the definition of, of gifted service is believers working together to use their God-given shape right, toward the common goal of helping people meet Jesus, okay? So we're going to talk about this shape, and, and uh, next spring, in, in January, we're going to kick off a life group, a training life group. I, either I'm going to teach it or somebody else is going to teach it, and it's going to go deep on these five things that make up our spiritual shape, okay, S-H-A-P-E, and I want you to know before we go any further, we didn't come up with this, okay? Uh, you may have seen other churches here in Colorado Springs do this. They didn't make that up, okay? Th this is the brainchild of Pastor Rick Warren and Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California, one of the most uh, uh, genuine, uh, impactful churches in the modern era. Like, like, they are making such a global difference, it would just make your head hurt to think of all the things they're doing. And, and so this is theirs. We're just taking it and applying it to what we do here. So I don't want you to think we're trying to pass it off as something that, that Steve Ferris came up with, because if you know me very well know, now, by now, you know that I'm not smart enough to think of things like this, but I'm just smart enough to, to look at something and go, that's really good. We should steal that, right? So that's what we're doing, okay? All right, so... We're going to teach uh, more in depth in the spring, but I want to, I want to walk through these real quick with you uh, before the band comes and we wrap up, all right? Number one, the S stands for your spiritual gifts, okay? Every person who enters a relationship with Jesus Christ, hands over the keys to him and says, I want you to be the boss of my life, the Bible, not Steve Ferris, the Bible says every one of those people who do that, God innately puts inside them spiritual gifts. And, and Paul writes about them in the New Testament. Uh, we don't have time to go into the scripture that backs all these up. We'll do that in the class in January. But you need to know that you have spiritual gifts. I'll give you an example. One, one that is mine is the gift of exhortation, right? And, and that's a big churchy word that just means motivate. I have been gifted with a gift that helps motivate people to action. And, and I'm hoping that's one of the reasons you come back here every week is, is when you hear God's word, the way that I teach it, you feel motivated to action. If you don't, I don't know why you're coming back, right? Because if we just sit here and it doesn't change us in the inside, on the inside and make us want to go do something on the outside, it doesn't make sense that we waste our time to come here every week, right? So that's just an example, but there are all kinds of examples. Uh, the one I mentioned about Michelle, her, one of her spiritual gifts is hospitality. She just has that gift of making people feel accepted and, and welcome. So everybody has spiritual gifts, and, and we'll go deeper in, in that uh, in the class, okay? The H stands for heart, and this is what you love to do. 
okay? And, and listen to me, okay? As long as it's not sin, all things are fair game here, okay? If you love sports, figure out how to use sports to help people bump into Jesus. If you like cars, figure out how to use cars. If you like music, figure out how to use music. If you like scrapbooking or knitting or crafts or anything like that, Pinterest, all that kind of weird girl stuff. And guys, if you are on Pinterest, I love you. I have no judgment for you or whatever, okay? Um, but but it's, it's what you love to do, and it's something that God put inside you. And, and I, here's the way I want you to think about this morning is this. Like, doesn't it make sense to you that it would be awesome to use something that you already love and are passionate about and just turn that into something that helps people meet Jesus? Doesn't that sound like a great idea? Me too. Okay, so, so S is spiritual gift. Your heart, uh, the H is your heart, what you love to do. The A is your abilities. It's what you're good at. Now, here's where some of you are going to be upset again and again, talk to God, okay? Here's the deal. There are things you're not good at, okay? You're just not. And, and, and I don't know why this is the American way, but some of us concentrate really hard at becoming good at things we're not good at instead of focusing on the things we're already good at and using those things to help people meet Jesus. It just makes sense, right? I'm going to give you an example, and I lied because I said I wasn't going to talk about money anymore, but this is a great example. It's not even my notes, so it's from the Holy Spirit, so there, okay? So... <laughs> So here's the deal. Some of you, I believe this. I believe some of you have the ability of making money, okay? And I'm not being ugly here, but sometimes people that have the ability of making money, they don't have great people skills, okay? Right? And that's okay. That's okay. Like, like we don't want you greeting at the front door or, or presenting up here on the stage if your personality is that of a telephone pole, okay? But... <laughs> If you have the, the, the ability to make money, then do that and give some of that money to God's church so that people can meet Jesus. Do you, do you see how that makes sense? Like, whatever it is that you're good at, and, and I, we don't have time to define all that today. Whatever it is that you have that you're good at, use it for eternal purposes to help people bump into Jesus. you got to think, that's your homework today. Like, what you're good at, what you love to do, you got to figure out that. And then tell somebody. Like, we can't help you find a way to use that until you come and tell us, hey, I'm good at this. And, and by the way, we love you enough if you come to us and say, hey, I'm good at this. I want to use it to help people bump into Jesus. And then we watch and we go, you're not good at that. We're going to tell you, okay? We're going to be honest with you. We love you enough to do that. And we love the people that are, we're going to help bump into Jesus. We love them enough to fake to you and say, you are so good at that. Like the church has been doing that since I was a little kid. Like I didn't grow up in church, but we would go Easter, Christmas as a kid. And it always blew me away when they would have some lady walk up on the stage and go, this is Martha. Martha, God has given Martha a song and she wants to sing it to you today. And then everybody's like, Martha, right? And then Martha starts singing and you're like, I'm pretty sure that sounds like a cow dying right now, right? Martha's not good at singing. Like, she's terrible at singing, but we're like, Martha, that was wonderful. We're not helping people when we do that, right? And so don't fake yourself out and go, I'm good at this. Be honest and go, I'm not good at that, but I am good at this. And I want to find a way to use that to help people bump into Jesus. The P is your personality. 
okay? And this is how you're wired. Some of us are extroverts, some of us are introverts. Some of us are, are wired in such a way that we love to go into a room, this is me, and talk to a bunch of different people as fast as I can. I want, I want to talk to as many as you as I can on a Sunday. And that, for that reason, because that's how I'm wired, we don't have really deep conversations on Sunday, right? Because if we did, which this is what my wife's good at, like, you'd be the only one I'd talk to all day right? And, and that's just not the way I'm wired, but some of you are. And I'll give an example here. If you're wired for deep conversations and relationships, and you're walking with the Lord, then you need to come see me because we want to start a part of our discipleship that is mentoring, where we take older women and partner with younger women and let them mentor. Older men and let them partner with younger men and mentor them. Like, if that's how you're wired... See what I'm saying? God can use the way you're wired to help other people, right? So S-H-A-P, and then the E, you're going to love this. I hope you do. I do. The E is your life experiences. And, and, and we purposely put this up here. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly, okay? And, and what, what we mean by that is there's nothing that God has allowed you to walk through in your life that he doesn't want you to use to help other people. And, and I don't even know who said this first, but a couple of preacher friends of mine say it like this all the time. God never wastes a hurt. He's, he's not going to let you walk through something and it be pointless. You're going to encounter someone down the road who's walking through something you've already come through on the other side. And he's going to put a light bulb off in your head and go, you can help them. And, and so what happens in this class, so, so again, S-H-A-P-E, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences. In this class, what we're going to do is help you discover all of that. And it's going to be a part of the normal culture here at, at, at uh, the Bridge Fellowship that, that on a regular basis, probably every single semester, will offer this shaped class so that you can identify these things. We have some assessments on paper that can help you go, well, here's how I'm gifted. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I love to do. Here's how God's wired me, and here's what I've been through. And God can use that God-given shape to help other people meet Jesus. And, and here's my last thing. Band, you guys can come on up. Here's my last thing. When you think about using how God has shaped you to help other people meet Jesus and have the hope that you have, okay, there is no greater honor in all of the world. Because a lot of people are busy using the God-given shape that he's given us just to make money, just to climb the ladder at work. And listen, there's nothing wrong with those things. I'm just telling you, backed by God's word this morning, that eternal things are more important than those things. And you have to come to a place in your life where you're mature enough spiritually to go, hey, my career is important, this is important, I, this, this hobby that I have can be important, but none of that compares to helping people bump into Jesus so that they can know the hope that I have, right? So here's the deal. Don't wait until January. Okay, jump in right now. J jump in right now, and I'm going to give you an example. Next Sunday, okay, next Sunday, September 17th, we are having a Discover the Br Bridge Kids class. Okay, we, a couple of weeks ago we had Discover the Bridge, and this is Discover Bridge Kids. This is a requirement if you're going to work in our kids' ministry, and we told you a couple of weeks ago how 
uh, many kids we have coming um, because you guys are coming, you're inviting your friends, you keep having babies, and so like we're busting out the walls here, right, and we need people to help care for our kids. And so next Sunday, September 17th, there's a Discover Bridge Kids class. You can RSVP to Pastor Randy at randy at bridgecos.com or just go to the library when you pick up your kids today or just go over there, find Randy and say, I'm in. Uh, I'm not positive, but there may have been a sign-up sheet at one of the tables here. Uh, you can go online and email us. Just whatever you do, show up. Even if you don't RSVP and you want to work with kids, show up jump in today. Like, don't wait and go, well, you know, I don't know. I, I like kids, but um, I don't know if I'm shaped to work with kids. Stop that. Cut that out right now, okay? You said the magic words. I like kids, okay? Like, the, the entry-level positions at Bridge Kids go like this. Just don't hate children, okay? That, that's, what the, that's what it looks like, okay? And so, so like, like, and pass a background check. Sorry. Don't hate children. <laughs> pass a background check, okay? And then you can, then you can uh, work with our kids. So, so go this, this coming Sunday. Get, get involved in that. And by the way, thank you guys. So many of you a couple of weeks ago went to Randy and said, I'm in, I'll help. And I told you, Michelle and I are going to take our turn in there. And if we all take our rotation and, and turn in helping take care of our kids, it won't be such a burden on a select few people. Travis, uh, and, and Keely and Chris and these guys that oversee our setup crew. Go to one of these guys. Keely's right here. I think Travis went home sick. CP's back here today. Go to one of these guys and say, hey, I will help you with setup. Again, the only reason that you have chairs to sit in and worship God this morning is because there's a group of people that show up really early on Sunday morning and turn this into a church, and we need more to do that. And you talk about entry level, right? Like you don't have to pass a background check for that, right? You, you could be investigated for a lot of things and you can still stack chairs in my book. I know, I know a lot of churches aren't like that, but this is not one of those. Like if you want to help with something and you're like, I don't know if they want me helping around here. We want you helping on setup crews. So, so go see one of those guys, let them know I'll help. Okay. Um, listen to me. There are, there are people, uh, is the band coming? Are they, what happened? Are they back there? What are you guys doing? That's so awkward. I don't, I don't know. I love you guys, though. Anyway, um, see, this would have been so much greater if, like, meaningful music was being played behind me right now. Like, some of you aren't going to go volunteering, kids, but if there was, like, a guitar playing, the guitar would get you, and you go, dang it, I'm going to work with kids guitar got me, right? So, so anyway, uh, so, so the point is this, is that there are a lot of people that serve every day, but it's not enough. Because when, when we talked about intentional outreach, we talked about Matthew 28, 19, and 20, where Jesus said, go make disciples. See how, see, see? Right? So, so when he did that, when he gave that command to us, none of it ever put a limit on the number. Hey, when you reach 250 people, stop. Don't help anybody else bump into Jesus. He never said that. Like, to all nations, everywhere. So we need your shape. We need the way God's wired you. We need what you're good at. We need what you love to help people in this community bump into Jesus. So will you step up and jump in today? Let's pray. God, thank you that you intimately know 
and love every single person in this room today enough to give us special gifts and talents and personality traits. You've gifted all of us with, with at least a limited amount of financial resources. And God, we want to use all of those things to carry out the Great Commission, to go find lost and hurting people and point them to Jesus. That's what we want to do. That's the only reason the Bridge Fellowship exists. God, would you place on people's hearts a burden, a conviction, a passion to get up out of the chair and get involved. God, help them move past the fact that they're broken in their own lives, that they have things that they're working through and, and they barely believe their head is above water. But Lord, would you show them that getting involved and helping other people can actually help them? And, and it is nowhere in Scripture that we have to wait till we get our act all cleaned up before we can start serving you. That's a lie. So God, would you encourage us today? Would you raise people up to help this church make a difference in this community? Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray.